right, welcome to Bite Me Podcast, episode 130. Oh, shoot, I didn't realize we were doing that. You and Adam do that so well, I feel bad. Well, we are not in the same room, so it's probably not going to be as easy. Yeah, I'm I'm in my room and Dylan's in his room, and Adam is presumably in his office at work. He was unfortunately extra, 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 extra busy this week, and so he will not be joining us, which is sad because I like Adam. He's, he's I uh, like Adam too. He's he's a very good showrunner. Um, I think he is is a very important part of this podcast. He runs but, the show. Anyway, we'll do without him. So uh, it's just Dylan and I today. We are going to talk about what we have been playing. Um, hope there's a, there's a little bit of new stuff in there. I think there's some new stuff to talk about, and uh, we're going to talk about some news, uh, including how me and Dylan and Adam all saw Detective what? Pikachu. I know it's we it's did video. something in real life. Yeah, in IRL, uh, there's a bunch of Overwatch anniversary stuff happening, um, including some workshop stuff. Uh, Dauntless is a new free to play Monster Hunter clone that launched with crossplay, which is pretty cool. What? Microsoft and Sony are uh, partnering on, partnering up on cloud gaming, um, but nobody told Sony, which is kind of strange. But that's cool. And uh, did you know that? Did you know that the Oya store was still open, Dylan? I don't even really know what that is to begin with. Excellent. So, we'll so I think that answers your question even better than it you does, anticipated. They're owned by Razer, the same people that make your your keyboard right now. Uh, and of course, we have questions from Vinny, Joe Coleslaw, Eddie Spaghetti, Angel Girl, Optimus Prime, Geekopia, and Mansox. Lots of questions so this week. So many uh, questions. Cheap free games. Lots of good stuff. And we actually have a bunch of uh, mobile stuff to talk about. I'm, I'm excited to talk about that stuff as well. But first of all, we are going to talk about what we have been playing. Dylan, do you? I'm playing the exact same stuff I was playing last week. I don't think I have anything new to say about SteamWorld Heist or The Division 2. Do you have anything new to say about the stuff you're talking about? Um, well, I've played a lot of games being SteamWorld Quest, which I've talked about a lot. But I've gotten a lot farther in that. And I have a feeling that game... We, takes a while and there's a lot in it um so i'm gonna wait until i'm farther in to dive deeper into that played a lot of overwatch um trying to really improve my game personally um the anniversary is a bunch of fun we're getting a lot of groups um together to play that um this is the moment i'm gonna say so far it seems like tuesday nights around 9 30 eastern um which is 8 30 central 730 mountain or 630 pacific um i'm and there's other time zones i'm not gonna get that detailed um if you live in been, hawaii you figure it out yourself yeah um because they don't do daylight savings time there so sometimes it's two hours and three hours i don't know pretty soon um, we might not yeah it'd be nice if we'd all just just pick a time and stick to it yeah. that'd be pretty cool um, anyway, on Tuesday nights, um, we've been getting a group together to play. So if anyone's interested, um, on PC so far, just cause that's, um, where most people are playing in our group. Um, this is the calling for extras, I guess. Uh, that day is a soft day as of now. It could, it could change. Um, but as of right now, it seems to work except Vinny's power was out last night. Oh, poor Vinny. And it came back on at, like, midnight, apparently, which oh, was man. quite unfortunate. Bummer. Yeah, I would say probably the best way to find out if there is a game going on is just to come to our Discord, bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. And uh, there is actually an entire Overwatch channel in there, but also the, the voice chat usually goes through our Discord as well, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be able to that. figure out what's going on. Um, not to say that that can't be other days of the week, too, either. Um, but that's been a lot of fun. Um I guess I could talk a little bit about the anniversary right now because there's also another big event. I don't know. We so can, much anniversary. We let's, can let's wait. Hold, we'll we'll save that, that and talk to it so I don't miss anything. Yeah. Um, still playing a lot of Sea of Thieves. Um, won't spend too much time talking about that either. Um, I'm on my quest for Pirate Legend, nice. which is still is going to take like three more months, I guess. But um, and but most of all, I started playing Hades, and I think I have an addiction. Um, <laughs> It's exactly the game that I want to play, and um, how, how would you describe Hades? Like, uh, what's what's what 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 is Hades? Hades is it, it it's more top down than Dead Cells, but very similar to it's like Dead isometric, Cells, right? Yeah, and it's more um, I think where 
Dead Cells, you had traps and you had ranged weapons. This one, you have ranged weapons too, but I think it it seems a little more like beat 'em up focused. Um, and you're the son of Hades, and you're getting gifts from all the gods to try to get your way out of the underworld. And um, apparently, no one really gets out of the underworld, and that's the idea. So that's how you know how difficult this game is. Um, I and, saw Disney's Hercules, and uh, he went into the underworld and came out. Yeah, that's pretty... That is impressive from what <laughs> I have learned from Haiti so far. It is very hard. When you die, you go back to the beginning, if that was not clear, um, if you're not familiar so with a, Dead Cells. it's a rogue light, correct? Yes, I believe that is the proper term that we use. Um, and um, even though starting back at the beginning never feels good, right? But in these games, for some reason, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, I feel like I am steadily approving, and I think it feels like that is a part of what you're supposed to do. Um, it's very much a part of the story. Like, they make lighthearted jokes about dying over and over. You start over. Um, you're like, I'm going to get out of here. And there's all kinds of stuff to collect, whether it's keys to unlock weapons and new abilities. You you collect darkness. That is basically what you power up your skills with to do new cool things or just have damage buffs or um, I can't remember what they're called, but it's, but it's essentially an extra life. Um, like when you die, you come back to life with 20 health or whatever it is. Um, and you can, you can get up to like three stacks of that, which will help you get through some of those tougher parts because even from the very beginning, there's not a lot of options to get healed as you go. Um, which is, I think where a lot of the challenge comes in is like, if you could get a full pool of health before every dungeon, it'd be a lot easier, but a lot of the times you don't. There's a perk that will allow you to gain like a point of health every time you enter a new dungeon, which you can get three stacks of that. So you can get like three points of health. There are things that will drop health or there are certain rooms that might have a pool of health that you can pick up or you can purchase with the gold you collect. So the thing I really liked about this game was, though, um, when you, you go to enter a new dungeon, there might be two or more doors I guess, I'm going to say one or more because sometimes it's the only one door you can go through, but they'll all have a symbol on them and that tells you what your treasure is in that room. Oh, that's So cool. that can dictate how you play the game. Do I want to go for darkness to just buff my character? I'm going to always pick that if that is an option. Do I want gifts from the gods because I want cooler attacks? Uh, do I see a gift from a particular god that I prefer to play as? Like, I really... Um, like the stuff that Dionysus gives you, which he um, he's like kind of like the party god, right? So his his stuff's kind of based around wine and looks whiny, but um, the drink, um, not tears <laughs> from your eyes or boo 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 boo. Um, but uh, he'll give you like sickness damage. So it like your dash might cause a pool of sickness around you. So anything that touches that kind of takes poison damage almost, and that can stack multiple times. Um, obviously Ares, the God of war will be very aggressive based. Um, like, uh, um, who else is good? Zeus, obviously you're going to have lightning bolts flickering off you or whatever it is. Um, so those are all really cool and themey and you're going to gravitate towards probably two to three of those right off the bat. And you're like, Oh, I definitely want those ones. Or there might be a room where there's two of those things and you get to pick one. And then because you pick one gift and don't pick the other one, the God that you don't pick is mad at you. So then six bad ah. guys on you. And then when you fight them, they're like, okay, I guess we're cool. Now you can have my gift too. So th those rooms are a little extra challenging, but the payoff is better, right? So I like that the game gives you um, more choice than... I get Dead Cells kind of did that in, in areas where you got to pick, do you want to go to this area or this way? But I felt like I always picked it just because I was better at the one and then the other. Yeah. Not yeah. that it was rewarding me specifically for what I chose. And I really liked it. And I think that's what really makes me like this game is I'm very actively seeking how I want to make myself, my character better in this, in this game. And it's definitely the game where you die and you're like, I can just do one more, even though it's midnight. Um, and I should probably go to bed, but it's totally uh, that game. 
I was watching Vinny stream it the other day, and uh, he planned on like playing a game or two of Hades, and then uh, moving on to Sea of Thieves or something else. And like two hours later, he was still, you know, he's like, after my last game, I said I was going to stop after this game, but I'm going to go play another game now too. And just, you know, he 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 was really enjoying it as well. Um, if if Hades sounds like something you would be interested in, um, through June 14th, it's on sale on the Epic Store. You can get it with the uh, like. Epic right now is having a huge sale where they will give you $10 off any game. Um, and so Hades is normally $19.99. You'll be able to get it for $9.99. Um, but it is also going up to $24.99 after the end of the sale. So June 14th, yeah. June 15th, this will go up to $25. So if you'd rather get it for $10, um, definitely grab a copy on the Epic Store. It uh, It is an early access title, and they are predicting it's going to be an early access for probably at least another like six to nine months, but from what I've seen, it it feels pretty feature complete. It's definitely playable, so, right. so give it a look. Um, yeah, to be clear, yes, it's an early access, but, so that might, like, Cliff and I were talking earlier, and he's like, I don't know if I want to play it, because I'll just kind of wait until it's actually finished. That way you you kind of see what it is at the end and that's one way you could do it. It also feels like a totally polished game. Yeah. So it does not feel in any way like an early access title. Um, I have no idea really what they're going to add. I'm excited to see what they're going to add. Um, but that might help you make a decision if you just would rather wait till it comes out. But also know if you get it, you're not going to be disappointed. It feels really good. And I think that's the best part about a game in early access. If the game feels good, it's only going to get better, right? It's yeah. it's going to get more content. So do with that what you will. <laughs> this is from Supergiant Games, too, the folks that made Bastion and Transistor and Pyre. So if you're familiar with those games, you kind of know the quality of what you're getting. It looks spectacular. Like, the animation is so smooth and so pretty. Um, it just it looks like a great game. I'm, I'm very excited to, to try it. My kid's been playing it a bunch, too, and has really enjoyed it. So... I think it's a it's a good thing to do. You have any more games, Dylan? Um, no, that's basically it, and that's what I'm going to be playing. Yes, and a cat just appeared on my lap. Nice, cute cat. Anyway, do you know what? Oh, actually, uh, we should do Patreon first. Okay, Patreon. Yeah, cool. So if you. Uh, would like to support our show if you would like to uh, maybe send us to Indiana to uh, do some extra life shenanigans with our good friend Hans from 8-Bit Bytes uh, you might want to consider supporting us via Patreon uh, we have a $1 tier, a $3 tier I think a $7 tier and a $10 tier uh, the $10 tier our producers actually get their name read every single episode which is what we're going to do right now. First up we have Operator Jack, our friend from Australia now we have a, a friend from from uh, Quebec, and I I got his name close last week, but not correct. Um, and then I was thinking about it when I worked for Volkswagen. We had uh, a U.S. office and a, uh, a French Canadian office. And one day, our uh, producer out there introduced me to a guy uh, with a very similar name. His name was uh, pronounced Michel Dubois, and the the person who was introduced me, she's like, uh, that means uh, Michael of the wood. And I don't know why she translated his name for me, <laughs> but I think, I think that that's what I got wrong. So I'm going to say uh, that Michael in Quebecois is, it's probably Michel Kennedy Gouthier. That's my guess for this week. We'll see if that's right. If not, we'll guess again next week. French is a weird language. That's all I'm going to say. And Quebecois is slightly weirder than that. Yeah. Anyway, after that, we have Tom McDermott, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, Joe Cole Jr., Kevin Schuld, and, of course, Vinny. Should we get on to uh, something else now? <gasps> News! Ooh, that hit that red peak a lot. Yeah, I probably should have backed off a little. So it's all good. It's all good. Uh, so first up, uh, Dylan's going to talk a bunch more because I don't know the first thing about Overwatch. But the Overwatch anniversary event uh, started yesterday, I believe. The 21st. Yes, it did. Yesterday And morning. this is the three-year anniversary of Overwatch? It is. And T anniversary time is probably the most fun time, especially this year, because what the Overwatch anniversary, not only do you get great new skins and there's a couple great new ones i got the new roadhog one which i was very excited about um if you log in you're gonna get a what is called a legendary loot box i believe a um, legendary anniversary loot box right and you're guaranteed one legendary from that 
it's not going to necessarily be one of the new legendary skins. It will be one of the legendary anniversary skins. So it could be from any of the three anniversaries. But in that case, it's going to be a good skin. Um, and sometimes you might... I think I'm guessing that the uh, drop rates for legendaries are higher because um, I believe I got two legendaries and Optimus Prime got two legendaries in his. Um, so I, I find it hard to believe that the rates are the same if... Um, you're getting two legendaries out of those boxes often enough like that. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, but more exciting for people like Cliff, maybe, who really enjoyed um, Uprising. All yeah. the previous events are available during anniversary time. So you'll um, be able to go back and play any previous event. Um, only Halloween every, events. Every day they change, though, right? Right. So it, not necessarily, yeah, you can't go in and play whatever you want. But at some point... Um, through the next couple weeks, you can play any of the events that have happened, whether that be the Halloween event or any of the PVE events, Lucio Ball, all the fun stuff that they've had up so until now. So what you want to do is May 25th and May 26th, this Saturday and Sunday, we need to get up inside and play Uprising and play Retribution because yep. those are both real good. And the new one that they just uh, had. Is that Storm Rising? Storm Rising, yeah. Yeah. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then we'll all get together on Tuesday and play Lucio Ball, which is just the worst version of Rocket League as far as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's a great time to get in there and get a free skin and enjoy some of the PvE stuff, because that is, is a lot of fun. And there's tons of new skins, new dance emotes, because those are everyone's favorite. Um, generally, by anniversary time, they get dance emotes for the newest uh, characters that hadn't got one previously. I think that's what they try to do. So actually, it turns out I do have something to say about The Division. Um, the Division 2 has emotes, and it's the most strange, awkward thing in the world. You're in this like post-apocalyptic place where millions of people are dead. You're trying to get Washington, D.C. back to the point where people just have water. But like, I can dance in the streets, yo. Right. It makes no sense. Anyway, how... Uh, so So... As of, for instance, Dylan, let's say I wanted to play uh, Overwatch, but I, for some reason, over the last three years, have not purchased it. Is there any way you can help me out? Can I? Is that a trick yeah. question? It is It is not, because Overwatch is free to play from May 21st to May 28th. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't see that part yet. I didn't realize <laughs> that because I bought it, so that doesn't apply to me a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even if, uh, well free to play is a great deal um yeah. but anyways it is only twenty dollars on the pc normally um, oh, nice. i think that's the best price um you can generally get it for that on any platform at some point on a good sale so if you were like hey i really want to play with dylan and maybe cliff i'll see what i'm doing next tuesday um you could get this game for free and play with us on may 28th that's a great deal it's a great deal you should do it. All right. So tell me more about uh, the Overwatch Workshop, Dylan. Yes. So Overwatch Workshop also was added in this patch, not necessarily part of the anniversary uh, event, but something all its own from here on out. And it's been in uh, like beta or the PTR. The PTR. That's what I was looking for um, for a while. And it got announced a while ago, but it is officially launched. Um, and this exists on all platforms, so it is PC, PlayStation 4, and Xbox, and any work that people were able to do on the PTR, they got a code, and they're able to actually bring it into the full game. Um, so it sounds like what you do on any platform can actually be transferred between them. Um, and Workshop basically allows you to create your own game modes. Um, you can manipulate basically anything within the game is my understanding and it was also from reading or watching the like update video from jeff kaplan he he mentioned that while not necessary he does say you might have an easier time if you are a person who is familiar with like programming and things like that um they've basically made the exact same tools that they use to do the stuff they do for these game modes and stuff, they've given that to us, but in a slightly more user-friendly, probably uh, more accessible way. Um, so this is going to allow you to create modes that haven't been in the game before. Um, so right off the bat, um, you can imagine, um, if you're familiar with like Call of Duty in those games, like Gun Game was very popular, where you got a uh, an elimination with a certain weapon, and you would 
new gun, right? Um, so that's always been a popular mode. So right off the bat, people made this with characters. So if you get an elimination with Winston, boop, you swap to Diva, boop, you swap to Reaper, boop, you swap to... So uh, those are the kind of modes that, while the Overwatch team hasn't given us yet, um, the, the community can give us those modes or create their own escort maps or whatever it is. Not maps necessarily, but... Um, Es- different escort modes within those maps um you're able to manipulate like i believe uh, things like damage and uh stuff and he alluded to you could even essentially prototype other characters in a way i'm not sure i haven't really seen a lot and i haven't got hands on with myself because it's not really it's a little bit outside my wheelhouse personally um but i know there are tons of people out there that probably really enjoy this kind of stuff. Yeah. I think that it might, like, I'm not sure I'd get in there and actually screw around with stuff, but I like the idea of getting, being able to, and maybe creating modes that are better suited for me because I don't know if overwatch is actually suited for me at all. Um, I like it a lot. I'm just not very good at it. It'd be kind of cool to, to be able to do something different. Um, apparently you can also, once you create a new mode, it'll generate a code and you can just give that code to your friends and then your friends can play that same mode. So there's a, a cool built in way to share it too, which is right. really neat. It's- seems pretty easy and and a, a great community tool yeah yeah they uh blizzard's done a, a really spectacular job of um taking a game that was relatively cheap uh to buy from the beginning like i mean the most blizzards i think has ever cost was when it launched on the pc it was like 40 bucks so i mean this isn't even a 60 dollar game if you don't want it to be and just creating a community and it's as good today and probably way busier today than it was you know a couple of years ago they've just done a great job of, of keeping this game relevant and keeping it interesting so right and good on something them. that started as another game and was scrapped and i forgot about that yeah yeah right. and they were given an ultimatum of like what a couple of weeks to come up with something new yeah and this is what they came up with and it's basically turned into one of the biggest games in the world which is just, just pretty great pretty wild it's it's not it's not for me necessarily, but I love that it's for somebody. So you know, there is nothing nothing wrong with that. Um, next up, uh, have, have you been seeing this at all? Dauntless. It's uh, yeah, I downloaded it. I have not tried it yet, but I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. It's supposed to be very, very, very Monster Hunter esque, where you play a. Uh, apparently, let, let me let me read you the the back of the box proverbial it's if like we had the box still. if we had boxes I, there's a word there it starts with a p dauntless puts players in the role of a slayer who must defend the shattered isles from a growing behemoth threat and forge newer and more powerful weapons and armor from the creatures they defeat to be ready for any challenge that heads their way so you know essentially monster hunter you kill monsters and you make their skin into boots and their bones into swords um but I, it is kind of nice that like the 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 plot of monster hunter was a little bit um weird so it's nice that this is like monsters are invading your territory like like monster hunter literally was hey there's monsters out there and their skin makes really good boots (laughs) right um and this is there are monsters out there that are trying to kill you and their skins yeah. make really good boots. Not well, the just difference like, is subtle. It, it makes a big difference. Uh-huh, yeah. In your um, and ho- personal ethics. Right. Well, and hopefully, like, the thing that always turned me off from Monster Hunter is that when the monsters got injured and whatever, they would run away and get scared. They'd literally go back to their homes and, like, hide there and curl up in little balls and be sad that you were trying to kill them. And then you just had to go inside and kill them. I'm like, no, I can't kill sad monsters. That's that's way outside what I can do. So hopefully these monsters don't get sad and just keep mean. I can kill mean monsters. I just can't kill sad monsters. Anyway, uh, the cool thing about this game, besides it being free to play, so that means that on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, you can go download it for free right now. The cool thing is, is if you're on a PlayStation and your buddy's on an Xbox, you can play together, which means that don't is actually the first game to ever launch with crossplay. So Fortnite and um, Rocket League both have it, but they both got it post-launch. So hopefully, 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 this is, again, a sign of great things to come. I think that, uh, personally, of all the things I want in life, it's for every game to have crossplay, um, where it makes sense, obviously. Um, 
and so hopefully this is a, a good sign of where things are going. So I'll download this too, Dylan, and we'll have to give it a try. Yeah, I'm I'm excited in that it's just a big deal to, for a game just to come out that way. Like yep, I, exactly. I like that a lot. And I guess if I didn't make this clear, it is co-op, so you are not trying to kill each other's monsters. Um, yeah. You're trying to kill your It's own. not Pokemon. It's not Pokemon, exactly. Oh, shoot, I skipped Pokemon. We should... So Well, that was a perfect segue. A perfect segue. So uh, Dylan and Adam and I and nine other of our closest friends... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And, yeah, we took up almost an entire row in a movie theater, went and saw Detective Pikachu, and... Personally, I felt that it was absolutely fantastic. It met every single expectation that I had of a strange movie starring a talking Pikachu that is also a detective. What, what did you think about it? For sure. Um, I think my expectation wasn't too high just because of past video game movies and things that might come off as gimmicky, which is kind of how this came off at the beginning. But yep. it definitely exceeded what i would expect from it and i felt it was a pretty solid movie and probably the best video game adaptation that's been made um i think they did a great job at not following what the pokemon story is yeah even though it does share some similarities like a lot of times things revolve around a certain Pokemon that is some in some way disrupting the environment and someone wants that power, right? Um, so it still does uh, contain those Pokemon themes and the theme of, like, a person having a buddy Pokemon that they take on the world with, right? So, like, those elements do remain, but the story itself is very, very different from... Um, what the traditional Pokemon story is, which I've always thought that that is kind of the mistake video game adaptations and a lot of adaptations do in general make is they try to adapt something too closely instead of just using that world to succeed. Yep. I agree. And I mean, this is different to the point of where there is almost no instance where you're like catching a Pokemon in a Pokeball. Um, right. There is a single scene at the very first of the movie and it backfires spectacularly. So this is not catching Pokemon and fighting them. Um, the only Pokemon battles are actually like unlicensed underground. Hey, you're not supposed to be doing these Pokemon battles. Um, the plot was great. I think that um, Ryan Reynolds was terrific as uh Pikachu there are so many like and I'm not even a Pokemon guy but every single time I saw one that I actually did recognize I was like oh my god it's you know every time Psyduck came on the screen I was like oh Psyduck oh, yeah. um those little ones with the, that look like they have the garlics on their back I can never remember where they are and Bulbasaur uh, Bulbasaur and it was so it was it made me kind of wish we lived in a world where there actually were Pokemon because right. they're just so cute hanging out all over I love the idea of uh, in this, in the city it's set in, like everybody has a Pokemon companion, and it's just like getting to take an adorable version of your dog everywhere. Um, but that also because everyone did it, you just took your Pokemon everywhere, and it was completely sociable, socially acceptable. Whereas if I try and take my dog places, I mean, first of all, he's a, a terrible, misbehaved <laughs> dog. Like I shouldn't take my dog anywhere. But. Um, that was just the world they live in. It makes you kind of like, oh, man, it would be so cool if I had this friend that I could just take everywhere and scratch their heads. It'd be great. So if you have not seen Detective Pikachu, I would highly, highly recommend it. If you're a Pokemon fan, I think you'll like it. Um, if you're not a Pokemon fan, um, my wife really liked it, and she doesn't know. I mean, she's played a little bit of, like, um, Pokemon Go, but she doesn't know anything about Pokemon. She really liked it as well. So definitely uh, I'd, I'd check that out if you uh, if you're a movie person. So... Uh, next up, so this is a goofy story. So about a week ago, um, probably actually almost probably, probably the day we podcasted last week, um, Microsoft and Sony announced that they are partnering on cloud gaming and the announcement was very, I think it's what you would expect when two giant corporations come out and say like, Hey, we're partner partnering on something, even though we're actually normally competitors. So the, the, 
the partnership announcement was literally it's a partnership to focus on improving cloud gaming, AI solutions, and more as part of a joint development of future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to support their respective game and content streaming services. So that's a sentence full of words, and those words do go together, but they don't <laughs> say anything. Um, apparently, this has been something that's been uh, being negotiated between Sony corporation back in japan and microsoft for about a year so this is like sony senior management in tokyo they made this announcement and sony games the folk that make playstation just freaked out because literally nobody told them right um senior management had to come in and like hey no this doesn't affect the playstation 5 this doesn't affect anything um what it appears is is that Sony and Microsoft are partnering to take on Google. Google announced, um, what's it called now? Google Stadia? Stadia? Yeah. Um, And this looks to be uh, Xbox and PlayStation getting together to fight off a third party that they probably both realize they can't fight alone. So this will be developing probably the Xbox, the Xtreme service. It'll probably be... uh, stuff to make PlayStation 5 or PlayStation Now streaming better, um, how to utilize AI in the cloud like um, Microsoft tried to do with um, Crackdown 3 where they're offloading, you know, building destruction onto the Azure cloud, that kind of stuff. But it, it really looks to be mostly just like a research deal. It's two companies getting together to further tech that's going to make both of their platforms better, but not necessarily give either a competitive advantage over another while they're trying to push off a a third party uh, that could, you know, do them. That has a lot of money. I mean, if Google has anything, it's that they have a lot of money and a lot of hardware and a lot of really, really smart people. So it's, it's an interesting story, but the best part of the story is that Sony games was like, Hey, yo, what? good stuff yeah it's just kind of funny right like come on guys tell us throw me a bone (laughs) i love it the thing is is i think anybody who's ever worked anywhere has had that kind of thing too where all of a sudden something happens you're like wait what so anyway um so dylan you do not know what an ouya is i really don't like i i know on the surface what it is but it's something that kind of i guess flew under the radar for me i don't really know what it is or why it exists so, I always think that the Ouya sounds like it might be some sort of delicious drink. Oh, yeah. Or it could be <laughs> something. It's just what the Kool-Aid man says. <laughs> <laughs> so, the Ouya was a kick-started um, video game system. It ran Android. It theoretically would be able to run all the same Android games that you'd be able to play on your phone. Um, it raised $8.5 million on on Kickstarter, probably... I'm going to say like six or seven years ago, 2012, 2013, um, they sent them out to all the people that backed them on Kickstarter. And then I don't think they ever sold another one, (laughs) which was a bummer. Uh, Our good friend Hans uh, from 8-Bit Bytes does own one. So if we go to Hans's house, you can can see one, see what it's like. Um, Eventually, they ran out of money. And they were purchased by Razer. Razer immediately made it so they were stopped making new Ouya consoles um, and just were running their store. And I guess they've apparently it's just been running for the last couple of years. Um, they've had an Ouya store for, for about the last four years. And uh, Razer is now saying enough is enough people. No one's I, I can't I, I can't even imagine people are still buying stuff off of it. But you never know with these old consoles. It's weird. Um Razor is saying you can continue to have access to all your games that are on your Ouya unless it has a method of DRM that contacts the server to make sure you bought it. In that case, those will never work again. Bummer. Sorry. Contact the developer. Um, and also that you have to spend all the funds in your Ouya account before uh, June 25th. And if you don't, you just lose that. There's no way to get that money back. So if you still have, for some reason, if you still have Ouya credit, go spend that between now and about a month and three days from now, or you will lose that credit forever. Um, you can probably go download like a really old version of Angry Birds to play on your Ouya, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I the, the, the Ouya was one of those systems that I looked at and said, nah, that'll never work. And then I think immediately after, too, 
both like the Apple TV and the Amazon Fire Stick were like, dude, you want to be able to play games on your TV? Just get a controller and you can play it on your Apple TV or your Fire Stick. And that was probably kind of the, the thing that stabbed Ouya's final thing. Why Razer bought them, I have no idea. Very strange. Anyway, are you ready for uh, are you ready for some questions? I think so. It's been a light news week because uh, it seems to be the calm before the E three storm, right? Yeah, E 3s in what two weeks, three weeks? Yeah, I think yeah, it's end of yeah. June. That's middle like 12th middle or 13th, end. I want to say yeah. It's probably two weeks from this weekend. My wife was looking at our calendar. She's like, "Hey, what's this thing with some sort of Xbox press conference?" And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's just E3. And she's like, so it'd be cool if I have friends that can like can come over as long as I tell them beforehand that you'll be doing some sort of nerdy TV watching. I'm like, that is very rude. And yes, that is absolutely fine. So <laughs> anyway, first question, Dylan, it is from. Hey, yo, Vinny. You got your power back yet? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Vinny. It's been hot out where he's from. Like, it's it's still pretty nice out here in the Pacific Northwest, but I think the rest of the country's starting to heat up. He said it's hot and humid at his house, so probably equally worse with no fans on when the humidity's or when the uh, the power's out. So, anyway, Vinny's question is: What is the uppercase the game that got you into gaming? Hmm. It's a tough question, or maybe. Uh, Maybe that's not a tough question. For me, it's a question with multiple answers, I suppose. Because yeah. I think I've... I don't want to say I've gotten in and out of gaming, but there are a lot of games that... Keep you coming back. That keep me coming back. Um, do you have Do you have one offhand? I, I mean, I think for me, the, it, it's kind of an obvious answer, and it's, it's Super Mario Brothers 1 and 3 and Mega Man um, yeah. 2 and 6 specifically because those are the games that I had access to and I mean those games had been out for a number of years when I was of the age to play them but having an NES at home and those games um, those are the games that I played over and over and over again because they made you want to get better and finish them and and those sorts of things yeah for me obviously yeah same mario super mario brothers um a lot of old school games like back on the commodore 64 that were really big for me was like space taxi and pitfall and dig dug um a lot of that kind of stuff river raid um and then coming forward like doom and doom 2 were huge games for me games that got me into first person shooters um quake was or quake 3 probably specifically was a game that got me into uh, one of the first games you probably did a lot of like WASD playing with um, and competitive multiplayer. Uh, we used to play that at the place I worked after work. We'd we'd uh, play over the network at work. And that was super fun. Half-Life was a big game that really got me into some of that stuff. And then I would say game like probably um, uh, Gone Home was a game that really introduced me to a, a different kind of game, uh, the, the walking sim gen, uh, genre that I've really enjoyed. And I, would, I would say um, Sam and Max Hit the Road was a big one when I was like 16, 17, right after I got my first PC that kind of introduced me to adventure games too. So uh, for me, I think there's been a lot of games over time that have just kind of repeaked my interest in things. So uh, I, I don't know if it's any specific one. I've been doing it for so long that it's... It's hard to, to just say one. Right. All right. Uh, next up, Joe Coleslaw. He says, what is a game that you played that proved to be a hidden treasure? Perhaps something that didn't get rave reviews at launch, but really came into its own and stood out to you when you played it. It could be a game as a service game. could be an indie title. could be retro. Have fun. I'm having fun right now. How about you? I love fun. Fun's great. Do you have a, do you have a game that kind of surprised you? <sighs> no, I don't. I mean, I think... I think Vinny chimed in, and this is where he inserts Sea of Thieves because he has the opportunity to. And I think for <laughs> me, a little bit, I I have to agree with that a little bit. Um, and it's funny because it's it's treasure related, um, but it is a game that I think it was it had hype, and then it didn't have so much hype. But I think it's proving over time that it it has lasting potential. Yeah. Um, Sea of Thieves is kind of a weird choice just because that game, like I had huge expectations for Sea of Thieves 
and then they just didn't quite happen. Right. Um, but I've had a lot of fun with it since then. Yeah, it's hard to say that it's a hidden treasure, right? It doesn't quite mm-hmm. fit it. The same way as if you said it, that about, like, No Man's Sky. It's like, yeah. it's it's like it was huge, and then it wasn't. And then it was a huge mistake, and then they fixed it. Um, I think Sea of Thieves was more like... Um, we're bare bones and we're growing. Um, yeah. I think it wasn't quite the same thing. Um, I think it's hard for me to pick out, um, a hidden, a hidden gem. I've, I've been thinking about this, but I, I was going to say crackdown three for me, uh, because crackdown was a game that three came out that I'd never played any of the other ones. It got terrible reviews and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to skip it. And then my brother convinced me to try it. And I really enjoyed that. But I think when we're actually talking hidden gems, the one I'm actually going to say is the first steam world dig game, which was That's a game. Exactly. The answer I should be yep. saying, which was a game that I had that no idea. It was so off my radar that I'd never even heard of it. I got it as part of a a very rare Nintendo Humble Bundle, played it on my 3DS, and loaded up where it was like, oh, what's this? Yeah, no, that's that's totally true. And that game gave us a whole SteamWorld genre of games. Uh-huh. Um, so that's ultimately the answer. And um, if you have a Nintendo Switch, it's $3 on the eShop. I don't know if that sale is going to be over by the time you hear this, but um, SteamWorld, SteamWorld Dig, SteamWorld Dig Two, and SteamWorld Heist go on sale a lot, though. Often, and they are all great. And it's it's so funny that you say that that like there is a SteamWorld genre, but there's a hundred percent a SteamWorld genre. Right? And, they they take these other genres and kind of just do them a little different, and they put their their steampunk robot skin on them, and they're amazing. And I can't stop talking about them ever. Yeah, same. I I love all of them. They're they're just great. Um, let's see. Next up, Eddie Spaghetti. He says, "With Mario Maker two coming out, what other game would you like to take the quote unquote maker style? I would love a Mario Kart maker." So, what game do you want to make your own, Dylan? I love his uh, Mario Kart maker idea. Um, yeah, I think that's really fun that you could turn like a car like you could make tracks for a cart racer because i think that's something that you could make wacky fun things and they would they would work okay because i think that's i think the struggle with um map makers a lot of the time is they come off as a little gimmicky and i think it's because the average person isn't a isn't a designer in that way not to say that they can't come up with creative amazing things and you open up and give anyone the possibility to do that that does happen um but I think a lot of times the outcome is going to be a little wild. Like if you put a, a a racetrack editor in Forza, I don't think the outcome would be the same as if you put it in Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, I would. I think you could do some really cool stuff with like vaguely like proc gen uh, Mario Kart two, where you draw a track and then maybe give it a theme and the the system create something around that right I think you could do some cool stuff with that um i think if it was me i would like a uh link to the past maker where i had all the tiles and uh i don't know how you do dialogue dialogue would be tricky maybe this has to be a pc thing that i can make games for i i don't know but I would love to be able to like play with their tile sets and play with their their bad guys and set up routes for the enemies and set up quests and set up um, you know treasure chests and you know which grass you get to cut has rupees inside of it and uh, and do some cool uh, Zelda style uh, role playing type games. You can there are a lot of like RPG Maker is a thing, but it it's primarily for making. Um, like JRPGs, uh, turn-based combat kind of stuff. And I would love to see like a kind of 16-bit ARPG maker. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yep. Cool. Next up, Angel, uh, sorry, Angel Girl says, what game would you love to play a sequel of but don't think will ever get made? And what would you like to see from it? So, so a game that there was only one of and... Uh, yeah, or, or maybe there's two. Maybe maybe you want a third one. <sighs> this Apple? for me would be Manhunt Three, um, because it it I think it was rumored for a long time, and at some point I think it's not going to happen because I don't think that sort of game plays well in the world today. I don't know, yeah. um, especially with the 
how good games look now i think it, it makes that game increasingly harder to exist the farther we go into the future except manhunt was such a good stealth game the second one was was fine it, i don't think it was quite as good as the first one but um i'd love to see a, a stealth horror kind of game like that with the graphics we have now i think it would be superbly scary that'd be cool I think for me, I am going to say, and this is actually kind of piggybacks on what Dylan was saying. I really want Saints Row Five. Um, I think that it would be very, very, very hard to make a Saints Row game um, now. Uh, Saints Row Four came out in, I'm going to say, 2013, 2014, 2015, and it's been four, five, six years since Saints Row Four came out. And I think that games and um, people are in a very different place. Like, I, I think actually I'm in a different place even where I think that, it, like, if I went back to play Saints Row now, like, it's a game that I'm always going to enjoy, but it's also a game that I have to kind of roll my eyes out a lot. Like, oh, man, did you really just do that? But I, I also kind of wonder if there's a way to make that kind of irreverently goofy, over-the-top Saints Row game without having to be, like super sexist and super misogynistic and and all that as well so maybe maybe i want to see like a a saints row game that is still really fun to play and really crazy and stupid but that maybe is a little bit more 2019 2020 than 2013 duke nukem post-sensitivity training no (laughs) i mean which is just which is just doom Basically. No, I, I think that like we've talked about this before, and I think that there's a hundred percent a game that could be made with Duke Nukem, where Duke Nukem is like a dude in his fifties and he's still gross and whatever, but that no one wants to deal with him because he's just some dirty old man that everybody thinks is gross, and he's not the cool dude getting strippers anymore. Like he's an old guy that has to go, and it, like it's very obvious that the strippers have complete disdain for him. But I don't know, he's got twenty bucks, so whatever. But he's a gross old man. And that Duke learns that, like, hey, maybe being disgusting isn't actually the way forward. Right. I don't know. I think I think there's a concept there. Uh, so I was going to make I'm, I'm actually really, really, really disappointed that Adam is not here because Adam was the person that was supposed to read this question. And now I have to figure out a way to do this with a straight face. And it's going to be very hard. Next question from Optimus Prime with George R. R. Martin, author of Song Nice and Firebooks, which are very good. The Games of Throne was based on supposedly working with From Software, creators of the amazing genre-defining <laughs> and spectacular Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and Secure Games. You have cough, no cough. idea how hard it was to say that. Which author or screenwriter would you like to work with a video game company of your choice? Dylan? This is the opportunity that I could make a dream come true and I could pair um, Tarantino with Rockstar Games. That's good. That's really, really yeah, good. Yeah, I think there, like, even if it was like a, just for a certain scene or two in a in a Grand Theft Auto 6 or something, um, it could even be in the Red Dead universe. It could be the Max Payne universe. I don't care. I think that that is a natural fit. And I think y- you could see the most compelling storytelling in a video game. Um, and I think those those two things would mesh really well together. Yeah, I get I get a hundred percent. I a hundred percent can see that. Um, let's see. I it's hard because most of the the books I read are kind of a lot of in the same genre of of games I play. Um, like uh, Brandon Sanderson would be a good choice because he writes really good like epic high fantasy. Um, I would love to see like the Mistborn books. The Mistborn books actually would be probably make really good video games. The the kind of I guess conceit of those is that there are people that can uh, essentially drink metals 
and they uh, draw power from those metals, but it depends on which metal they drink. So there's like eight or ten different metals you can drink, and they allow you to like push and pull against other metals and do all sorts of cool stuff. I always, I think Mistborn would make a very cool, um, would just make a cool video game overall. So he could he could definitely do the writing on those. And if you've not read the Mistborn books, they're absolutely spectacular. So. Think about that. Um, Chuck Wendig is another author that I really, really, really like. Um, and he's kind of, I don't know, he's really funny and kind of crass. He, he wrote some really good Star Wars books and has written a bunch of other really good books as well. So I, I don't know what kind of game I would like Chuck Wendig to write, but I think that any book he, or any game he wrote, I think I would enjoy, uh, I would enjoy playing. So uh, next up, uh, this is this is from... Geekopia, who is our our, uh, friend from Quebec, so we'll see if we got his name right or not. But he wants to know, have you ever eaten at a vegan restaurant? I don't think I have. I've I've been to vegetarian restaurants. Um, And there's a big difference between the two. Right. Um, Like mostly... And to say what I ate, I probably ate something that was probably vegan, but... I have not been to a vegan restaurant. So I have been to at least two. Um, I am a vegetarian. And so it's something that I seek out every once in a while when I get sick of going to restaurants and picking one of two things they have on their menu that I actually can eat. Um, Although I was telling him earlier that like, it's kind of weird, you know, like I mean, I literally, I've been a vegetarian now for not quite 20 years, but pretty close 18 or 19 and, uh, you know, you just get really used to going to a restaurant and there being one or two things on the menu or like, hey, I can eat this one thing if they leave the meat off. Um, it just becomes kind of your reality. So you get really used to not having to make choices about what you eat. You just go to a restaurant, you eat the one thing on the menu you can't eat. And so you go to a vegan restaurant and you realize that I can eat anything on this menu. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, God, there's like 40 things to choose from. I haven't had some of those things in a decade I have no idea what to eat now. I, I'm just <laughs> frozen with, with indecision. Um, I have not eaten any vegan restaurants in Seattle, but uh, there was a place called Sage's Cafe in Salt Lake that was absolutely stunning. It, I had the best um, like fake chicken tacos there I've ever eaten. Um, they unfortunately went out of business. Um, they own a sister restaurant, though, called Vertical Diner that is also in Salt Lake, and I had the best uh, vegan chicken fried steak there that I can even possibly imagine. It was so good. Really cute little diner kind of place if you're in Salt Lake and looking for food without meat in it. I'd really, really recommend you give Vertical a try. Um, and finally, of course, our most important question from Mansox. What is your favorite road trip snack? Ooh, that's tough. Car snacks, Dylan. Car snacks. Um, well, on my recent trip to Disneyland, I was really glad I had uh, some chocolate-covered coffee beans. Ooh, good choice. Those were pretty solid. And we also made a ton of trail mix, and that was pretty awesome, too. Um, wasabi, so- <laughs> wasabi soy sauce almonds are another go-to of mine. Ooh, good choices. I, uh, I'm i a big trail mix person as well. And the plus side of trail mix is I'm the only person in my family that really likes it. Uh, my kid doesn't really like nuts. My wife isn't a huge fan of trail mix. So if I get trail mix, it's all for me. Um, I also really like, um, uh, do you remember, shoot, what are they called? Uh, bugles. Oh yeah. I do remember bugles. <laughs> they make caramel bugles. That oh yeah. Are, you told me about those once. They're never really had good. Them. They're really good. Um, and one time I went to Disneyland and we went to the Halloween thing. And, and the deal with the Halloween thing at Disneyland is there's just places all over and they just give you like handfuls of candy. I mean, it's like $300 for three people to go, but they give you handfuls of candy. And uh, so when we left, we had like, I, I don't even know how much candy. And we literally were just like, snack, snack. I had so much candy by the time I got home. I'm like, I don't ever want to see chocolate again. But man, for the 19-hour trip home, I ate a lot of Halloween candy. It's real good. Mm. Every every single gas station you go to, you're just like, okay, and here's our pile of wrappers that we need to throw away now. 
Anyway, thank you so much for uh, asking us questions. I appreciate that. You can always come and ask us your own question. Uh, best place to do it is probably our Discord. We actually have a, an entire channel just for questions. You can go to bitemepodcast.com slash Discord and uh, get in on that. You can also go uh, send us an email at biteme at bitemepodcast.com. B-Y-T-E. Uh, you like cheap free games, Dylan? I certainly do. Me too. Uh, which is why I personally love Game Pass. Man, I wish we could get Game Pass to like give me a kickback. Like I would, I would shill for Game Pass from <laughs> now until the end of time. But unfortunately, we just have to do it for free. Uh, today is the twenty second, so you are probably hearing this podcast on the twenty third, unless you're a patron. And that means that on the twenty third, you can get Metal Gear Survive from Game Pass, and you can also get the Banner Saga from Game Pass. I do not know anything about Metal Gear Survive, but the Banner Saga is a very fun, uh, like turn based strategy game with a soundtrack done by Austin Winery, which is very good. Uh, May twenty ninth, you are able to get Void Bastards, which I don't know anything about but i i'm sure it's good and uh, on may 30th you can get dead by daylight which Vinny is a huge fan of i admittedly don't quite understand it but it's a 4v1 game that's correct right yes i yeah, think so four. yeah i think i think that's right through three v i think it's 4v1 it's some number of people versus one. Uh, one of you plays the killer and tries to catch all the people trying to get away. I've seen Vinny stream it a bunch, and it still doesn't quite make sense to me, but uh, it looks fun. And anything, I mean, making a game like that free just makes the community bigger, which is great. Um, Outer Wilds, coming out May 30th as well, is a kind of survivally camping game in space from what i can tell <laughs> has kind of a no man's sky feel about it uh this is a brand new game that actually launches may 30th so this is another game pass day and date release i've been kind of watching this one for a little while and it looks really fun so if you're into that kind of survivally outdoor space kind of stuff if you like no man's sky and just never bought it this might be your jam i don't know if it has co-op if it has co-op that would be even better uh june 6th you will be able to get full metal furies um, I almost heard that as Full Metal Furries, which would be a completely different game. I do not know anything about that, but it is out for free on June 6th. And also on June 6th, you can get The Banner Saga 2, which is the sequel to The Banner Saga that came out like two weeks before. And uh, finally, also on June 6th, you can get... Um, what's what's the correct way to say this, Dylan? Which one? <laughs> super hot. Oh, That's the correct way hot. to say it. Yeah. If you have not played Super Hot, it is... Mm, it's one of the coolest games. It's probably... I still haven't played it yet. Oh, dude. So what you need to do, first of all, is you need to come play Super Hot at my house in VR. Yeah. Because Super Hot in VR is incredible. Um, but the idea is is you're presented in these kind of like Matrix-like situations where you pop into a room and there are two, three, four guys trying to kill you. And there will be... a. a things in front of you that will hopefully prevent them from doing so. So it might be a gun, it might be a coffee cup, it might be an ashtray. And as long as you don't move, as long as your character doesn't move, time moves incredibly slowly. That, okay, that's the game yeah. you're talking about. Sounds but so cool. as soon as you move... Uh, the game speeds up to real time. So you can see the bad guy shoot at you. You can see the bullet in the air. You can see it coming at you very slowly, which means that, first of all, you can dodge it. But it also means that you can, like, duck under it, pick up an ashtray, and throw it at him. And the bad guys are all made of, like, glass. So it's, you only have to hit them once, and they just shatter. But the downside is, is they only have to hit you once as well. Um, the first time I played it in VR, I got probably four or five levels, levels in and then got shot in the chest and literally in VR, like grabbed my chest. Cause I was like, Oh God, I've been shot. Oh no, this is just a video game. And I had not been shot, but it's, it's really, really, really cool. So if you've not played super hot, this is a, a fantastic opportunity to do so. But if you can play super hot in VR, I would recommend that even more. Uh, next up is the Humble Tiny Build Bundle. And this is something if you're interested in, you're going to want to go to bitemepodcast.com slash humble. Kick us a little money when you get it. But this is this is a terrific deal. Uh, Tiny Build makes some great games. I definitely uh, bought this. Did you? Yeah, I haven't bought it yet, but I probably... Well, now that you told me that Hello Neighbors on Game Pass, I don't know if I will or not because I already own yeah, most if you of these owned games. Some of, yeah, I literally owned none of them. So uh, it was perfect for me. 
Yeah, so uh, for a dollar, you can get Punch Club, The Dark Fist, uh, which I don't know anything about. You can also get Final Station, which I've heard is a really good, uh, I think it's kind of an adventure game. You can also get Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor, so I might at least get the dollar tier on this, because I've always wanted to play Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor. It's uh, another kind of adventure. It's it's apparently an anti-adventure game, but that's supposed to be really good. Um, Speedrunners, which is a game I think we've played at Extra Life every single year. It's a... It's a speedrunning game. Literally, you and however many other people you're playing against just start running around this course, and they you have abilities that you can use to slow down other players, and then there's all sorts of environmental obstacles that you can run into, and it's literally just the person that can stay ahead the longest and lose the other people. It's a really fun couch co-op game if you have friends. Um, Hello Neighbor is kind of a wacky stealth horror game that I it needs think a little bit had, of direction. Yeah, folks had some some big hopes for that game and I think it, it went a little bit under but now you can pick it up with all you know like six seven eight other games for uh, eight bucks so that looks cool and it looks like they're using the engine from that to make a new like hide and seek game or I don't remember what it was called it looked cool though yeah it's uh, hello neighbor hide and seek which it's a prequel actually and oh, interesting. the idea is now that you're like playing hide and seek with your brother um, and he's uh, trying to find you and you're trying to do something interesting uh streets of rogue which i believe is it's an early access um roguelite that might be kind of cool i've heard good things about that um cluster truck which is a game i played at id at xbox the first time probably three years ago it's super fun like literally the entire game is just jumping from the from the back of one semi to the back of another semi as they careen down all these crazy roads and across bridges that are falling down it's it's really fun it's a single player game that's actually really fun to play as a like pass the controller back and forth kind of game um because where you fail your friend might make it it's it's a i've played a lot of cluster truck it's a good time uh party hard and party hard high crimes it's dlc i do not know much about but uh i've heard that they are good they both have mostly very positive from uh steam reviews uh you can also get party hard 2 and graveyard keeper in the 13 dollar unlock so a lot of really good games tiny builds a cool company i believe they're actually local to us i think um all your purchases will support uh one up on cancer which is a great charity so go grab some tiny build stuff uh, again go to bitemepodcast.com slash humble to kick us back a couple bucks uh, other free things right now uh, the sims 4 is free right now on origins um so you just have to have an origins account i've heard rumors that it has not worked super well through the actual origins launcher that it works better if you go to their website um i know vicky who's been on the podcast a couple times had some problems um she added it to her wish list and then was able to get it so go pick up the sims 4 uh, right now yeah it doesn't come with any of the dlc but the dlc is often cheap um it's a lot of fun if you're into The Sims. It's, it's the newest version of The Sims, so you cannot complain about that. Um, through the 30th, you can still get... Oh, shoot. I don't remember what it is called. Stories Untold, I believe, uh, from the Epic Game Store. Uh, but starting uh, tomorrow on the 23rd, you'll also be able to get Rhyme for free from the Epic Game Store. I believe they're giving away a free game once a week now while their, their uh, sale is going on. Uh, Rhyme is great. It's a, a kind of an adventure where you have a silent protagonist and he follows a fox around and you solve puzzles. It's like six or eight hours. I played it and absolutely loved it. So you can do that. Uh, you ready to talk some small bites, Dylan? Yes, I could do that. And everyone, that's Dylan typing in the background. He's very loud. He has a very clacky keyboard. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do about him. Yeah, <laughs> I know. All right. Uh, first up, uh, so we talked about this for and well, actually, Android and iOS probably when I say six months ago, where you used to be able to buy a Steam Link. It was physical hardware that would attach to your TV, and then you could stream games from your Steam library to your television. It was pretty cool. It had its own custom controllers. I have one. I think you have one too, don't you, Dylan? I no, I do not. You do not. Okay. Um, they're cool. They stopped making them, so you can't buy them anymore. Sorry. Bummer. Um, but one thing you can do now is if you have an Android phone, you've been able to do this for about six months. Um, but coming starting two days ago, you can now get a Steam Link 
uh, app for your phone, your iPad, or your Apple TV. And what that lets you do is stream games from uh, Steam on your PC to your one of those devices. Um, also, if you are if you happen to have a uh, Steam controller, you can sync your Steam controller up with your phone or your iPad uh, after the last update as well. So if you are in another room in your house, don't want to go downstairs to play your PC, uh, you can just stream straight from that to your iPad and play remotely. Um, I've tried it twice. I did it once in my own house on my phone playing Night in the Woods, which is not... Like, you're not going to be wanting to play, like, competitive first-person shooters on this. There's going to be some lag. But for kind of adventure games or puzzle games or any of that kind of stuff. It seems to work just great. And then we tried it today at our office. So completely different place than uh, my PC. And it seemed to work fine. Like Dylan was pretty impressed. It Adam was, played it was pretty yeah, impressed. When I hit the buttons, it did what I asked it to do. Yeah. And so there, it felt good. Yeah. There's on screen controls. If you want to do that, you'd probably be better off uh, hooking up a controller to uh, your iPad or your phone or your Apple TV, or your Android, uh, if you have one of those. Um, like I said, the Steam controller will do it, but there are specific ones that uh, do it as well. So that is new and cool and on your cell phone. Um, and finally, uh, in a little bit of League of Legend news, apparently Riot, um, in between walkouts at their office <laughs> and getting sued by multiple people for sexual harassment, have also decided to make a mobile version of League of Legends. Um, Which is essentially what Arena of Valor is. Um, true, true. But I think this is... It's probably really good for them because I can imagine that Arena of Valor is successful in other markets, but if you put actually League of Legends skin over it and put it out here, it'd probably be really successful. Because um, I was very impressed with how that game worked. Um, and this version is going to not be the full game. It is not going to be exactly identical to League of Legends. It will have different items and maybe different controls and the characters might play a little differently. Um, it won't be quite as complex as the PC MOBA. Uh, which actually kind of intrigues me just because I find PC MOBAs to be um, exceptionally overwhelming. Like, I watch people play them, and I have no idea what's going on. So the idea of, like, an easier stripped-down version for mobile is actually kind of interesting. So we'll see. It uh, I don't think it actually has a release date yet, um, but Ryan Riot is working with Tencent to... Uh, to get that going and uh, we'll keep an eye on it and we'll see if and when it actually comes out. Yeah, I'll definitely try that when it happens. I do definitely. like League of Legends a lot. It's just yep. a very challenging game. It, it just, it, God, it's so overwhelming. It's absolutely so overwhelming. Anyway, I think that is all we have this week. So I am going to, uh, I'm going to try something that I actually, uh, I, I, I watched a how to market your podcast uh, podcasts or uh, like uh, online learning thing, Skillshare. I went to Skillshare and I learned how to market your podcast. And she said that uh, that one thing you should do is is ask you, my listener, right now, to uh, text message one of your friends and tell them about our podcast. Tell them about Bite Me. Tell them how to find us and tell them how much you like us. So if you've got a gamer friend who does not listen, send them a text message and say, uh, go to BiteMePodcast.com and check out their latest episode. Try it out. Do that for me. Be good. Um, if you don't know how to find us, uh, that's fine. Maybe this is your first time listening. Maybe you listen to your friend and you're here because of that. You can go to BiteMePodcast.com. If you search for Bite Me Podcast in Google, it'll have a page, two pages worth of places to find us, both our own website, how to find us on Apple podcast, how to find us on Google podcast, a ton of other podcast things. Uh, we're probably going to be in any of your favorite podcatchers. You can follow us there. Uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash bite me podcast, twitter.com slash bite me podcast. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash bite me podcast and find our Facebook group and hang out with us there. You can go to our discord, bite me podcast.com slash discord, hang out with us there. You can literally anywhere. If you can throw a rock, you can probably hit Bite Me Podcast. Yeah, yeah. and you can Good. come play Overwatch with me. You should come play over. Like Please. I might, I'm gonna. I'll try and play on Tuesday too. Uh, it, I'll have to check my schedule, but uh, if we I also, can, if I can make it, I will be there too. We also I have a holiday good. weekend coming, and it will be great. Oh, I love holiday weekends. I'm I I'm counting down the days, man. Two more. It'll be good. Cool. Anyway, Dylan, do you want to uh, lead us out, sir? <sighs> Thank you. 
Break me. 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 Break me.